Welcome to the Hope Collective Message Podcast, where we find a confident expectation of a better tomorrow in the character and promises of God. To learn more about who we are, visit thehopeco.com. Here's today's message. Turn your Bibles to Galatians 5, 16 to 25. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Molly. Is this good? You hear me? What do I do? I'm going to keep talking till hey. I can hear it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, keep, keep your fingers or your pages or your, fo- your phone on that passage, Galatians chapter 5. We're going to go through that. But I also want to bring up some other passages as well, but they'll be on the screen. <clears throat> but I just want you to know that today, the title of this morning's sermon is uh, Spirit-Powered, Self-Controlled. Spirit-Powered, Self-Control. As I was looking through the fruit of the spirit which is one fruit with many facets it's a single fruit but it has many facets of the fruit and they're all connected it got to self-control and i was thinking in my mind i say god why'd you make it self-control i mean you didn't say self-love self-joy self i mean but this one it's almost like he's saying you're you're you got a part in this thing here self-control and i said wait a minute why don't you call it spirit control I was arguing with God. He wins. <laughs> but before, before I get into this text this morning, I just got to tell you, I'm a little afraid. Right now I'm afraid. Not because I got to preach, but because of this thing. <laughs> this thing scares me. I think it's going to open up in the middle. A blue beam is going to come down and suck me up. <laughs> and then... Gone. I'm thinking, <laughs> what is this? Anyway. Okay. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. How do you define self-control? I mean, there's multiple ways to do it. How about this willpower? How about discipline? 
white knuckling it, pull your up by your, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, and, you know, all those things. Uh, Webster defines it this way, restraining your desires and appetites and passions. Okay. Us restraining our desires, appetites, and passions. Certainly there are things in life that we should be able to say, I'm not going to do that. And there, have to, there has to be some kind of, all humans have some kind of pushback on that, saying, hey, you know what, I shouldn't do that. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but we're talking fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is powered by the Holy Spirit. And that's a key to this as believers in Christ. I'm going to talk to you that are believers in Christ. You've been saved by God's grace. You sure about that? And this is for you because you can't have any fruit of the Spirit unless you're saved by God's grace. Because that's when he enters you. When you get saved, Holy Spirit comes inside of you and he just dwells with you. Spirit of Jesus, God's Spirit, call it what you will, but the Holy Spirit dwells within you. And that's a critical thing. Now I want to go to John 15 for a minute here on the screen. This is what Jesus said in John 15. Talks about abiding in him or remaining in him. Look what he said. Remain in me as all I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Next. Neither can you, Christian, bear fruit unless you remain in me. Then he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Goes on. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now it's much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing of spiritual or eternal significance. This is so critical for us to get. When Jesus said that remain in me, remain, or some translations say abide in me. Staying with me? Remain in me, abide in me. He's talking about a decision that remaining is for us believers to, to submit to and be controlled by the Spirit. That's remaining in Christ. Abiding in Christ. He said that's the way you bear fruit. And I really believe that what he's talking about back then in John 15, this fruit business, I think he was looking forward ahead when the Holy Spirit was going to come about upon the church and, and just something's going to happen when the Holy Spirit, once you're saved, you get the Spirit. He's looking forward to the fruit of the Spirit. That's the main fruit he's talking about. Hey, yes, there's other fruit too that we could say, well, you know, uh, witnessing for Christ and giving of your time and your talents and treasures and serving him in the ministry. I mean, that's all fruit too. But I think the main priority of his, of his teaching there was the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And that's critical to this because as I abide and I remain in Christ, I'm actually enjoying him. Abiding in Christ, remaining in Christ means I walk under his lordship. He guides me. I say, Lord, what do you want from me? And, and his word keeps saying, read me, read me. Yeah. You'll see it. Right. Then the spirit whispers to you and, and me and says, are you doing it? Hmm. This remaining is the answer to the fruit of the spirit. And, and as we remain in Christ, it's not like you have to work this up. It's not like you have to white knuckle it. Self-discipline. No, you, you're kidding me. I don't have enough of that. I need God's spirit. And that's what he does in believers. And then he gets, we go to Galatians chapter 5. I believe the fruit of the spirit, watch this, 
the fruit of the Spirit is becoming more and more like Christ for the sake of others and the pleasure of God. More and more like Christ. You just ooze Jesus. If you walk in the Spirit, you're going to ooze Christ. If you walk in the flesh, you're going to ooze self. And you're going to hurt other people. You walk in the Spirit, you're going to just reflect Jesus. And it's a, fruit is the natural growth process, the natural harvest of someone that walks with Jesus and submits to the Spirit. It's just natural. You don't have to work it up. You get the love, joy, peace. Where did that come from? I've been walking with Jesus. I've been walking in the Spirit. And the fruit is the natural Spirit-produced harvest. We ooze the character of God into the world. And this other one. And the fruit of the Spirit is primarily displayed in the way we treat others. It's how we treat others and God. So it is all fruit of the Spirit. And I, I got the privilege to speak on the last one, self-control. And trust me, this is the one that really pokes at my soul the most. And I think it pokes at your soul too. Because we're all in this together. And this is beautiful. I love to be poked by God. I don't like it sometimes. It doesn't feel good, but I know it's right. And I just like for him to convict my soul. Galatians 5. Here we go. I'm going to walk you through this passage. Galatians 5. Paul writes this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And that word walk in the Greek means keep on walking. Don't just stop walking. Just don't stop and say, I've arrived. Yeah, get out of town. You haven't arrived. <laughs> you haven't arrived. We've got to keep walking in the Spirit. And it's, look what he says. Paul says, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. My flesh is so powerful. My, I'm a sinful, selfish person. Anyone else? Thanks. There's two of you. Yes, but the point is, <laughs> when you admit it, you have to admit this. And then he goes on. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in constant, I added a word here, constant conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Whoa! You're not to do whatever you want? No! Because oftentimes what I want is not really honoring to God, and it hurts me, it hurts others, and it's it's dangerous we know that and yet we keep doing it how stupid can we be oh i know this is sin but you know what i can always ask forgiveness when i'm done right playing a yo-yo with god forgive my sin i'm going to do it again forgive my sin i'm going to do it again god says put down the yo-yo already and that's what we do we play games with the spirit and play games with god what's verse 18 but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The law meaning the rules and regulations of religion. Like, I got to work it up. I got to go to church and, and that'll get me right with God. I got to give money. I, that'll make me right with God. And he says, no, you don't understand grace yet. Please understand grace, relationship with Jesus. Yes, there are things for us to do. And we're going to get into them. Because that's self-control. Look at verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Paul is so, this is so cool. I love Paul for this. He starts naming things. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery. Three things right off the top are all lust gone wild. You think that's a problem with us? 
Right away, three of them. And then he goes on, verse 20. Idolatry, witchcraft, that's drug use, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Oh, Paul, thank you. He actually says, you want to hear more? And the like. I got a whole list more. But I think he's saying, you know where we're going with this. And the like. And then he says this, I warn you. Boy, that's powerful. I'm warning you. As I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And here's a but. I love the buts of scripture. <laughs> but the, law, the fruit of the spirit. Now this is oozing. Character of God. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the life of Christ oozing out of us naturally. It's the natural harvest of walking with the Spirit in submission to His Word. It's just, it just comes natural. You don't have to try to find it. I want more patience, so I'm going to work on my patience. No, He says, just walk in the Spirit and guess what I'm going to do? I'll work it. I'll work it through you. Let me do it. And that's what I'm learning in my life. He said, and self-control against such things, there is no law again. There's no religious rules or regulations. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucified. That's our position in Christ. We, we, we crucified that flesh. But guess what? It's still alive in our daily walk. Positionally, it's dead. Now we walk into the daily walk of our lives and say, oh, the flesh is still there, isn't it? Paul is saying, yeah, it is. Then he goes on. Verse 25, love this. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step, that's a daily walk. That's a daily abiding in, remaining in Christ. That's a daily submission to the Spirit of God. And that's what it means. Confess, submit, obey. That's how you walk in the Spirit. Confess the sins you know. Submit to the Lord and obey his word. Bingo. Yeah, it sounds easy, right? Mm -hmm. Formula, right. Well, you know what? Show me a better one. Show me a better formula. And I want to I put something on the screen. I want you to get this burned into your heads. Here we go. The question is not, as a Christian, how can I get more of the Holy Spirit, but rather, will I submit more of myself to the Spirit? Pivotal question. Pivotal thought. Because I hear Christians all the time say, well, i got to pray for more of the Spirit. No, you don't. That's a dumb thing to try to do. <laughs> you don't pray for more of the Spirit. When you get saved by God's grace, you get the whole truckload of the Spirit right away. You get 100%. You don't get a quarter of the Spirit. He says, now, be nice and, and follow my rules, and I'll give you a little more as you grow in Christ. No. That's not in Scripture. You don't have to go there. In fact, some people go there and say, time out. You've already got the Holy Spirit fullness. He's there within you if you're a Christian. What we need to say more of, am I going to submit more of me, my will, my heart, my struggles to the Spirit of God? Because that's where the Spirit does his best work. It's up to us. But guess what? That's self-control. Part of it. Part of it. And then i got to share with you a story. Remember Paul, by the way, remember Paul said in Romans 7, he said, the things I do want to do, I just don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I keep doing. <laughs> You're laughing because that's you. 
Isn't that us? Lord, why do I keep doing the things I know I shouldn't be doing? Spirit battling the flesh. Spirit ruining the flesh. Oh, but I love the flesh. It's so much fun. And obeying God sometimes takes away some of my fun, the joy, the kicks, the, you know, whatever. You know, Paul said the same thing. The things I know I should spirit do, my flesh keeps, don't do that. And the things I don't want to do, my flesh says, nah, go ahead. And then Paul ends that, ends that chapter by crying out to this, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? That's the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul. Guy who wrote a lot of New Testament stuff, you know? He's one of our heroes of faith. And he said, oh, this battle is tough. But then the next verse he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. He's my man. Mm. And there are no, there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. No condemnation. What? Wouldn't that make you want to remain in Christ? Abide in Christ? I got to tell you a story where I lost it, okay? It's a tough one. And it's all about my dog, Rusty. She's a beautiful golden retriever. Oh, this was many years ago. Uh, my kids were about eight and six. <laughs> now they're about 50 old people. <laughs> and they're getting uglier as they age, too. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> well, we had a dog, Rusty, a beautiful golden retriever. By the way, that's the most beautiful dog ever. I, I, how many think golden retrievers are the most beautiful dogs ever? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Poodles? <laughs> Sissy dogs? Okay. I'm sorry. But Rusty was stupid. This dog was either stupid or we were just bad trainers. And I admit, I confess, we were not good trainers. I get it. But one day, I, I, one of my kids, we had a basement, nice basement, and I transformed it into a romp, like a run around, kick around, bounce around room. I put pegboard on the ceiling. I put tile on the floor, got rid of all the extraneous stuff, and I carpeted. I actually took remnants, carpet remnants, and I glued them on the sides of the wall. So I knew we were going to bang our heads there. I knew that. <laughs> and elbows and knees, and we were wrestling and playing baseball, soccer, you name it, all in that room. It's fun, didn't damage anything, and no one really got seriously hurt. Okay, so, Rusty, we leave, family goes out, come back one day, I go down the basement, and I see a piece of the carpet torn off the wall. And I did what a normal dog owner would do, I said, Rusty, and Rusty looks at me like, did you do that? No, stupid, I'm asking a dog, you know. Did you do that? No, 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 no. And so I glued it back. Next time we come back from an event, another piece of the carpet's ripped off the wall. I said, Rusty did the same thing. Got to tell you, by the fifth time, fifth time, come home from this event, I look down the stairs, I see the carpet ripped off the wall, and I, folks, I lost it. I actually ran down the stairs yelling like a madman, No! What is wrong with you, stupid dog? And I started hitting him really hard. Can you imagine? I was 
acts of the flesh, fit of rage. I didn't care about that dog at all. I lost it totally. My flesh took over, and I was really, really not nice. I look up the stairs. There's my Patty, my wife, and Ricky and, and Susie are holding on to her, hugging her, and they're crying, and they're screaming down to me, Dad, please, you're going to hurt him. Yeah. I looked at my kids, and I said, the Holy Spirit just kind of, oh, you idiot. The flesh. I had, I mean, it was like a significant emotional event in my life. And I went up to my kids. My wife, she's standing there going like this. <laughs> I understand that look. But the spirit was looking at me too and saying, not good idea, was it? And I went to my kids and I was hugging them. Now I'm bawling. I felt so embarrassed and shamed by the, the, the act of the flesh. And I said, would you please forgive me, kids? Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. That was sin. And it was uncontrolled. It was a fit of rage. Just one of the acts of the flesh. Just one. But I'll never forget it because I told him, I said, I, I hope you never see that in me again. And me and the Spirit made a deal that day. That, that convinced me. I need self-control. Spirit-powered self-control. And listen to me. And that was a dog. And there are people in our world today, and maybe there's people right here too, that you go in fits of rage against each other, against your spouse, against your kids. There's child abuse in our world today. There's all kinds of abuse. There, did you ever scream at your spouse? Did you ever push them? Did you ever, you know what I mean? I know, I know I'm triggering some thoughts here, but I'll tell you what. Oh, man, we need to repent of those things. And may God's spirit, spirit, not just whisper, but shout to us. Every now and then, we need one of these from the spirit of God. Please. And that fits of rage, I could identify with Paul at that moment. I actually was in my mind saying, oh, wretched man that I am. What kind of example was that for my children and my wife? Wow. Today, I want to focus on that self-control again. And it comes from, my definition comes from Titus 2. Here it is on the screen. Titus chapter 2. Watch this. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. And if you're saved today, you, you receive that grace that gift. There it is. And here's what it says. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and say yes or to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Notice self-control. You know self-control is scattered throughout the whole Bible, self-control. And this is just one. And I said to myself, there's my definition of, of self-control. And here's it, here it is on the screen. Simple. Saying no and saying yes. Saying no to sinfulness. Saying yes to godliness. Now you're going to say, oh, that's such a simple formula. Yeah, it is. That's the way I think. I like things simple and direct. And I think God wants us to understand it. Not just a theolog the theologically argument, whatever you want to call it, and, and try to philosophize about things. Come on, man. What does it say? It says say no 
and say yes. Self-control. Now, how do I do that? What is this stuff? I want to show you what, I'm going to demonstrate what it is. This is Patty's wheelchair. Patty has uh, lost some mobility as she aged. And we decided to buy her a wheelchair. It's an electric wheelchair. It is the coolest thing. Because it's got a little joystick. It's not for games. No. But it, it is so cool. You, you, you put it out. It's battery powered. And it's cool. Now, can anyone see the battery? You know where the battery is? Anyone see it? Aha! I'll show you. There it is. It's a double A battery. <laughs> this goes eight miles on this little battery. Okay, okay, okay. No, here's the battery. Oh, yeah. That's a man's battery. I'm so silly. Um, <laughs> this is the battery. This battery, you charge it up. It, that thing could go eight miles before you need to recharge. And you know what? It keeps, us, keeps her up with us when we go on walks or whatever. You know, she can only walk maybe a, half a block or so. And then she says, I got to go get my chair. So we bring it along on walks, vacations, and all that. Now watch this. This is the power of her wheelchair. This is the power. Without this battery, she's dead. She's not going anywhere. Watch this. You put this battery in this wheelchair, but watch this. This is battery-powered, patty-controlled. Battery gives the power. Patty decides forward, to the right, to the left, and spin around. She, I mean, battery-powered, self-control. That's the teammate we are with the Spirit of God. God doesn't say to you, you could do it on your own. He said, no, no, without my power, you are going to make wrong decisions. But when you start choosing to go right, saying yes to godliness, or you're going to say no, it's up to you. So we're a partnership with the Spirit, and that's the whole, whole fruit of the Spirit thing. You get it? Love is that which the Spirit gives us as we walk abiding in Him. Oh, this is so cool to me. Because yeah, it frees me. Yeah. But it also challenges me, and it challenges you too. And here's, uh, here's some challenges for us. I'm going to give you some biblical examples first, real quick. Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Remember that story? Joseph and Potiphar. Potiphar's wife was a sexually frustrated woman, apparently. And Joseph was a real good-looking dude. In fact, that's a paraphrase of the NIV where it says that Joseph literally was well-built and handsome. So he must have been a good-looking guy. And Potiphar's wife, every day, hey, Joseph, come have sex with me. Come, 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 lie with me. Come on, Joseph. You're so good-looking. Mm. And Joseph said, no. He said no to sinfulness. And you know what his words were? How can I sin against my Lord? And against my master Potiphar, my boss. But he first said, how can I sin against God? Every day. This, check it out, young people. Check it out. This woman, probably an ancient cougar.
Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Some things, you know. Anyhow, she kept chasing after this young guy. He kept saying day by day. He kept saying no, no, no. And finally, she grabs his cloak because he, he's near her. She grabs his, his robe or something, and he runs out. He said, I will not do this. This guy, self-control, spirit-led, spirit-powered, I'm sure, said no to that sin, that temptation. And he said yes to honoring God. He was thrown in jail for it. Suffered in jail for a while, but you know what the Bible says about when he was in jail? God was still with him. Woo! God was still with Joseph because he was honoring God. And then look at David and his adultery and murder. Here's a guy after God's own heart. David sees this woman bathing, has his men bring her, and he sexually harasses her, let's say, right. and she becomes pregnant, and then David kills her husband. Right. Read the story. Read the story, 2 Samuel 11. Moses, this is one of the greatest leaders of the Old Testament, man. He sees an Egyptian guy beating up one of his Jewish buddies, and the Bible says it this way. He, Moses got there and he sees this happening and he looks, he says, the Bible says he looked this way and that. Hey, nobody could see me. Kills the Egyptian, buries him in the sand. Moses said yes to sinfulness. Peter, my people, people, Peter. Three times denied Jesus. Can you imagine? I never knew the man. You were with him for three years, Peter. He was, he was your hero. He's your Lord. And you deny him. Oh, don't you love it when Jesus walked by? I think it's in the Gospel of Luke. And Jesus, all, his, all Jesus did was look at Peter with the look of love saying, Jesus is already beaten up. And Peter weeps bitterly. He goes out of the courtyard and he, cries. he sobs with embarrassment and shame. See, Peter said yes to his flesh and no to Jesus. Self-control. Come on, folks. This is where it's at. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Here's the so what. I like ending my sermons with so what. How does that apply to us? All right, here it is. Alex Gowler gave us a book on the fruit of the Spirit. And this author writes this. I make it very clear to myself that, and he lists a number of things. Number one, there are places I should not go. Yeah, Notice, should not, I should say no to certain places. Right. And then another one, he says, there are relationships I should not have or even play with. My father told me once, if you play with skunks, you're going to smell like a skunk. Makes a lot of sense. That's a proverb somewhere. Another one, there are desires I should not give in to. Forgive me, Rusty. There's more desires that we shouldn't have given to. Are you lazy? Really, are you, you a procrastinator? You, you're a couch potato? Honestly, could we add all these things? How about this, overeating? I should only have two of those cookies, but I'm eating a whole pack. Self-control. 
Spirit, I need your power to say no and draw a line. Abuse of alcohol, abuse of drugs. Yeah, it's happened. It happens in our church. Of course. You know that. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control, Spirit-powered. When are we going to bow before the Spirit and say, help? I need your help. I can't do it in my own strength. There are words I should not allow to pass my lips. Oh, the tongue. I am, I am, I got to tell you guys, I am disappointed in some of the language of Christian brothers and sisters nowadays, either physically or uh, social media. Think about this. Can I give you just real blunt statements here out of Scripture? The Scripture, especially New Testament, says this. Obscene talk, foul, these are words out of NIV. Obscene talk, foul language, cursing, coarse joking, Shouldn't come out of the mouth of a believer that wants to honor Jesus. Let's clean up our talk. What is with this? Well, let's kind of blend in. It's kind of cool. You know, I talk one way when I'm at school or one way when I'm at work. And then when I get home I'm, or I go to church, and now I'm, I'm, I got my language cleaned up. Duh. You don't think the Spirit knows this? You don't think God knows it? He's saying you could do better. You could do better if you just follow my word. Conversations I should not join in or pass on. Gossip, stop it. Slander, stop it. Cut it off. Someone's telling you a story that's kind of juicy about someone else. Is, is it okay for you to say to them, did you tell them? Did you tell them first? Then why are you telling me? Let's stop this right now. We, we, could, we could stifle a lot of division in our, our friendships, in our church, and in our community, and our workplace even. Can we just stop it? Slander, malign someone's character? I need spirit-powered. There, there are things I should not look at. This is a tough one. I'm going to talk to men, but it also is attacking you women too. The lust of the flesh. Jesus said these words. He said, I told you, you don't, you don't have to commit adultery. You shouldn't commit adultery, right? But I say... But I say, even if you look at another person with lust in your heart, you've committed mental adultery already. How many of you know what ATS stands for? Let me hear it. Right. That's what Jesus taught. Above the standard. We got too many Christians in our world today that talk one way and, and they're standard or sometimes below standard. And Jesus is saying, but I tell you, shoot above the standard. Work on this. Listen, TV, movies, what are you watching? How about your phones? How about the laptops? Pornography is rampant in our world. We should be a light for that. We should be fighting that. We should say, oh, I need your spirit. Definitely need, need your spirit for this. We need to, to, to go above the standard on all of these areas. Folks, listen, that's the challenge of our time, especially when the world keeps saying, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, you know, do whatever you will. Sex before marriage, whatever. What are you talking about, whatever? What's the Bible say? 
I read a book years ago, and uh, it's called Every Man's Battle. Yeah. Every Man's Battle. And I want to summarize the three words that I got out of that book. Great book. I recommend it to any of you younger men and older men. Three words. Bounce your eyes. Bounce your eyes. I, the rest of the book was great, but I'll tell you what those three words got to me. They burned into my mind because as a man, we all, all men, struggle with lust on occasion or often. And I remember those words. And it helped me a lot. And the more you bounce your eyes, the more the Spirit blesses you with a wholesome mind. Now, trouble is, I told Patty. I shouldn't have said trouble. I think I wanted to share this with her. I said, Patty, this book, I said, bounce your eyes. She said, I'll help you with that. So here's, it's funny, man. <laughs> We're walking down the mall, and all of a sudden she says, hey, Tim, you better get ready to bounce your eyes. <laughs> and I said, where, where? No, I didn't say that, but she is, <laughs> she's been a big help. You know, we, we have to admit to our spouses that there's a struggle. And though a lot of women don't understand it fully, but it, it, we need your help, ladies. We need your help. But, you know, she's helped me. And then we moved to an island when there are beaches everywhere. And every week we're on a beach somewhere. Can you imagine? I was like a bobblehead doll. I don't know where to look. <laughs> oh. I'm going to tell you something. It's a reality, though, isn't it? For you men and you women nowadays. Hey, guys, you know what one pastor called this? Porn in your pocket. That's a pretty good label for this. Porn in your pocket. You all know, three or four clicks, I could see almost anything on this thing. As much as I love this thing and the convenience it is, and the, it is really a wonderful thing, the, the, far, the opposite side of that is the temptation and the ability, we gotta start saying no. Get covenant eyes, get integrity, put some filters on this thing if you have to. And our laptops as well, guys. And ladies, are we going to fight? Are we going to fight this fight? Or are we just going to say, oh, well, I'll tell you what. If you want to please the Lord, fight it. If you don't want to please the Lord, you'll see the consequences. I hate to say it, but that's so true. Okay. I just want to say a final thing here real quick. For those of you that are in church now and in Christ... You're in church, and you're also in Christ, which means you've been saved by God's grace. All right? You're sure of your salvation. I'm in. There's a prayer I want to put on the screen here. You might want to take, John Stott did this every morning of his life. Here's a daily prayer for those who have been saved. Heavenly Father, I ask that you will cause your fruit to ripen in my life. And here they are. Say them with me. Ready? Go. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control as I walk in submission to your spirit. 
That's a good prayer for us to keep before us at the beginning of the day and also throughout our days. Lord, help me honor you by saying no to sinfulness and saying yes to godliness. And that's a good prayer for us. Now, the rest of you, I want to say this. You might be here right now and you're in church, but you're not sure if you're in Christ. Some of you may not be saved yet. You really may not. And you're here regularly, even some of you. And, but I want to ask you a question. Are you absolutely certain that you know uh, you have a vital relationship with God and you're going to spend eternity with Him when you pass from this life? Are you absolutely certain? If you're not, you're saying, well, I hope so. Uh, maybe. Or I think so. Let's get it settled right now. Can we? Watch this. This is for you now. Because if you're not saved by God's grace, you do not have the Spirit in you and you cannot show the fruit of the Spirit according to Scripture. But here's what it says. This is, this is the gospel in a nutshell, folks. This is it. This is classic. For God so loved the world. Put your name in there. If you're wondering if you're saved or not. If you're not sure, put your name. For God so loved Tim or you that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, on the cross for you. That whoever, if you, believe in him, you'll not perish in hell, but have eternal life. Bingo! That's it right there in the nutshell. God, is, God sent Jesus, and Jesus said, I seek and save lost people. And if you're not sure you're saved yet, you're lost. And you can settle that right now today. Right now. Man, I'm telling you, let's skip that next verse. That's good. Skip it. Because I'm going to, I want to do this with you because uh, you're my church. I love you. But Jesus loves you so much. He gave his life for you. Let's get it settled today. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. If you're wondering right now and you say, you know what? I really do want to pray and accept Jesus Christ as my savior right now. I'm going to give you a sample prayer. Yeah. You could say it quietly in your, in your mind or whisper it softly. Watch this. Here's a simple prayer. You might pray. I believe in Jesus Christ as the Savior of my soul. I really do believe that. I believe Jesus died to pay the debt of my sin. He did that for me. I receive your gift of forgiveness and eternal life, Jesus, right now. Today, I am saved. It's by faith. It's not by anything you do. It's by faith in the gift of grace from Jesus. And listen to me. If any of you right now said in your soul, right now, in your heart, you said, I kind of repeated that prayer, and I really do believe it right now. I do. Could we celebrate with you? I just want to celebrate. I mean, you don't have to do this. It's not part of salvation. Belief is what saves you. But if any of you prayed that prayer right now, are you bold enough to stand up and say, I did it, so we could celebrate with you? Anybody? Bold enough? I finally settled it. I'm saved today. 
Okay. At the end of this service, some of you are saying, I might have prayed that prayer. I did pray that prayer, but I don't want to stand up in front of people. I get it. You don't have to. But if you would go to the community corner after the service, we have a, a gift for you. It's a Bible. It's called New Believer's Bible. It's yours. And then we have people out there that will guide you in your next step of the journey of spiritual growth. They're out there. They got some ideas for you and some helpful ideas. Just go there, okay? Because I know publicly, eh, a little awkward for some. But there, you could talk one-on-one -on -one with some people. All right. Let's close it off with these beautiful songs here. those of us who would say, Jesus, I give you my life, whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, or you've been in this for decades, we stand in these moments, we reflect on what the work that God's doing in us, that the Spirit's stirring in us, and we sing these songs that are prayers of belief and confession and desire. We give you all that you, you deserve, God. All I want and all I is more of you and less of me. But take this life, Lord, as yours. Have my heart, have it all. All I want, all I need is more.
I believe. I believe. Faith. Isn't that great? Okay, let me pray you guys out of here. Thank you so much, God. Thank you so much for giving us your Holy Spirit to guide us and to, con to comfort and to correct us. Oh, God, we need all of that. We need conviction. We need comfort. We need challenge. And, Lord, your word says it all. Oh, God, please raise up a, a whole army of people that are wishing and desiring to keep abiding in Christ, remaining in Christ, so that they can ooze the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Dismiss us with the joy of Jesus on our heart. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Have a good day. Good week. Thanks for spending time with the Hope Collective. If you appreciated this message, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. You can also leave a rating or review, which will help other listeners find us online. Thanks again for joining us.